You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 167. You have to trust the process. If you truly believe that the client is whole and wise and capable and that they're doing their own thinking, then it doesn't really matter when you ask the question, what are you noticing? What are you learning? What are you taking away? It's a partnering. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, happy day. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. I'm delighted to have you with us. I hope that your year is beginning in a positive direction. And I believe that today's show will help in that forward momentum and positive aspect. I'm joined today by Jim Smith, the Executive Happiness Coach. Now, ironically, when I first reached out to Jim about being on the show, my thought is that we were going to focus on something to do with happiness in leadership coaching. However, he and I began talking about being coach educators and the thing that we see often as a challenge for many coaches, which is that infamous recording that we turn in in our development and credentialing need. And the the focus of that being that it is a structured, flowing conversation that shows the partnership of coach and client. But part of the coach's responsibility in that partnership is holding the structure of the session, holding the framework of the session. So we are not talking about executive leadership and happiness today although we might talk about that someday. What we're going to actually focus on is how to effectively hold the structure of a session, effectively close a session, and elements of laser coaching. Jim brought his A game to today's interview. I so enjoyed talking with him. Now, Jim is a global executive coach. He's a speaker, an author, and a change strategist. He works with leaders all over the world to better balance their lives, to dramatically improve their leadership skills, and to build more positive workplace cultures. He has been in the corporate world himself, He held executive roles in sales and marketing, finance, operations, human resources, and with that experience has brought that all into his executive coaching practice. Now, we got very engaged with one another in talking about how we can help coaches be the best coaches they can be, and that's where this conversation came from today. Jim has also written four books about happiness and leadership. One of those is Happiness at the Speed of Life, 13 Powerful Strategies for Finding Happiness at Home and on the Job. He is 
passionate about what he does. You'll hear that in today's interview. And we are going to begin talking about the structure of a coaching conversation, how to effectively close a conversation and respect our client's time. And we move into some best practices for laser coaching. I know you're going to enjoy our interview today. So let's go to my interview with Jim Smith. Jim Smith, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am so excited to not only spend time with you today, but around the topic that we're talking about. I know that people's ears are going to be, ooh, tell me more. So we are looking at both of us being coach instructors. When we had our initial discussion, it became very clear to both of us that the concept of laser coaching, being able to effectively close a session in a way that brings client value, respect for the time and the space that we have reserved with our clients is super important. So tell me this, Jim, what is it that brought this issue to your attention? It's something that's just invisible to me, that that I know how to hold the framework of a conversation. And just a month ago, I was in a training session where I'm part of the training team for a coaching school. And we're in that middle conference where we're moving people from like the piece where it's about them to, okay, now it's going to be about clients. And we're talking about the structure of a session. And one of the things we talk about is it's an ICF specification. And that is at some point, if you want to pursue certification, you're going to have to turn in a recording that's between 30 and 50 minutes long and has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, and it, it's one of those statements that I can make, and it's just, it's so obvious to me. You're right. Just, right? And, and so I was listening to somebody else make that statement, and I'm nodding my head, of course, and I'm just looking at the students and realized there were a number of them that just seemed baffled by this concept or horrified by, oh my God, how can I do a session in 50 minutes? So we dove in and learned that quite a few people in this particular cohort had been having experiences of working with coaches where their coach just kind of like went with the flow, held a wide open space, you know, sessions went an hour and a half. So their own experience being the client with, let's say, a mentor coach was giving them this sort of flow, easy, they didn't feel that structure. Exactly. And so when we're talking about PCC markers and partnering with the client to close a session, the way they were reading that was, well, you just stay in the conversation until the client says, okay, I'm done now, which could be two days from now, I guess. I don't (laughs) know. Yeah. Yeah. And almost if it's being wired as that's my responsibility as a coach, what a quandary to be in. Yeah. So at that point, we we were near a break and I huddled with my other facilitators and said, you know, I have something I want to offer here. And so I brought this in a conversation. It turned into a really, really good conversation, which is, yes, you want to hold the space for your client. And part of your agreement with your client is that not only do we have a beginning time for our sessions, but we have an ending time. It's on the calendar for an hour or 45 minutes or 30 minutes. You don't just hold the wide open space. 
especially if you work in the corporate space where that person very likely has a meeting at the top of the next hour. Right. And they need to transit to that meeting, you know, like, right, all that context. So Mm -hmm. what I shared with the group was that you need to think about there always being a framework for your conversations. Mm -hmm. We do such a good job of teaching people how to set an agreement, Mm -hmm. but then we forget that at some point, there's an ending too. And so out of this came a thing that I, I'm calling the diamond model. Tell us more about the diamond model. So I, I, want you to, I want you to imagine a diamond in front of you, okay? At, you start at the top of the diamond and, and you kind of flow down. So this is something that I pull out of the world of creativity where I used to live. There are two different categories of thinking in any creative process. There's divergent thinking which is the expansive part, the brainstorming, the exploration. And at some point, in order to move forward, even in the creative space, you have to take all those wonderful ideas and then narrow them down. You have to do convergent thinking to say, all right, of the hundred ideas, which are we taking forward? Well, so that's, that's the closing of a diamond. In the coaching space, it's much the same thing. I mean, you start by saying, well, what do you want to focus on? What do you, where do you want to explore? Where do you want to go today? And you get a definition and then you explore. So that's the top part of the diamond. Questions, observations, that's the whole, that's the coaching conversation. But at some point, actually it's and at some point, and at some point, your, your shared goal with the client is for them to take away something that they will work on between the sessions. And so you have to converge. You have to, okay, so from everything we've talked about, what are you taking away? What did you learn? What will you do? What will you practice? And we have to bring that diamond to a point at the other end. And I was going to say, what strikes me about that, if we're thinking about being that empty vessel of meeting the client where they are, the top of that diamond in exploring, what do you want to get out of the session today? What about that is important to you? How is this going to bring you success or, you know, all the different things that's sort of creating that space of what's the content that the client's bringing in and providing the structure is not only what we're doing in that top half of the diamond, but as we narrow in on that second part of the diamond, that's, that's that bringing in the structure that is really our responsibility as the coach to not just let it be willy-nilly and go on indefinitely. Because the other side of that is when you have a non-focused conversation, does that really bring the value that holding that structured space for the client does. So that's sort of what came to me as you were talking about your diamond. Yeah, yeah, you, you get it. What I came across in this particular session, and I realized I've heard this from many other coaches along the way, is that somewhere along the line, some people in that coaching space believe that any structure is advising. So I ended up standing at the front of the room saying, look, I work with busy corporate people who I know have to get to a meeting. So there's always a part of me that is keeping an eye on the clock. And there's nothing wrong with being in a meeting or being on a phone call and looking at your watch and saying, well, looks like we've got about 10 minutes left. Okay if we close or okay if we move to closure, whatever it is, that's what partnering looks like. The client says, oh yeah, yeah, there are 10 minutes left. So 
if you're if you're thinking of that diamond model, you've been exploring, 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 exploring. This is the point at which you turn the corners and you start to converge. Whether that's two minutes before the end, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, 15 whatever. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you turn the corner, and that's when you start to say, "All right, so you know, here is what you said you wanted to work on. Where are you now? What did you learn about yourself during this session? Of the many ideas that you heard yourself speak." What do you want to take away and work on? And what will that look like? And what will get in the way? And where can you get support? All those classic questions. Mm-hmm. That's the convergence. And if you don't do that part, of course, you're not serving the client because it's like the equivalent of brainstorming and leaving the room with 100 ideas on the wall. And what do they do with that? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So one of the phrases I use a lot when I'm working with especially new coaches, but even experienced ones, is you have to trust the process. If you truly believe that the client is whole and wise and capable and that they're doing their own thinking, then it doesn't really matter when you ask the question, what are you noticing? What are you learning? What are you taking away? Mm -hmm. It's a partnering. Exactly. And so... Maybe you've only been talking for 20 minutes and it's a half hour slop, right? Mm-hmm. You know? and, I, and, and you're sitting over on the other side of the table going, oh my God, I'm such an awful coach. The client hasn't gotten anything yet. There have been no ahas. I haven't transformed their life. I'm so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sit back, take a breath, trust the process. And remember that the client is a partner. They're working on this too. You were not there with your magic ball coming up with all these wonderful transformations for your client. Right. And and so get the heck out of the way of that. If you're solidly in the middle of the session, where's the room for the client? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So in our our coaching school, and this is not an unusual exercise, we call it the McDonald's exercise. I've heard it called speed coaching, whatever, whatever. I'm sure most people listening to this have had some variation on this theme, mm-hmm. maybe even at a, a chapter meeting or something, where you have two circles, one facing in, one facing out, and every two minutes you change, right? And the goal is just to do a little speed coaching. Like, like the client has one minute to speak a challenge and the coach has one minute to ask a question. Boom, we change. I remember when I did my training, the big aha for me, was during that final day of the conference and we did that exercise and I was, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. And I'm sitting in the circle and it's kind of going really fast, but I kind of got into it and I, and, and I was really connecting with this whole idea of just asking a question from my gut. Mm-hmm. And so the next, we switch, the next person comes, sits down in front of me, I'm the coach, they went blah, 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 blah. And I asked a question and they burst into tears. What? Oh my God, what have I done? About an hour later, when we got to a break, that person came back to debrief with me. That question had nailed it for them. It nailed it for them. You know, my big learning was, I don't need an hour to explore. Sometimes it's just being fully present and just throwing something out there and then trusting that the client's going to process it. So if it's time, if there's 10 minutes left, just remember They've been working on it too. So when you turn around and say, okay, well, it's time to wrap up. What have you got from today's conversation? They're going to have something. And that other piece that you talked about that I think that is important for us to explore today is that we get into chatter in our heads as coaches. 
about what has to happen. You touched on this, what has to happen before we can close. So I don't know how many times I've heard coaches say, well, I just, I get so caught up and I have to ask the perfect question that's going to open the universe for the client. And, and if we get so caught up in that, what are we missing? Yes, you shared an experience where you were able to ask that question that for whatever reason was exactly what the client wanted to hear at that moment. However, that doesn't always happen. And that doesn't mean that the session isn't a good session or the client yeah. isn't gaining something from the session. So what other chatter do you experience coaches telling themselves that might get in the way of effectively closing a session? Well, you've, you've nailed a couple of them. Okay, we haven't had enough time. The client hasn't transformed. You know, another thing that gets in the way is, well, they're upset. I'm a provocative coach, and I have had sessions where the client has been angry with me. I mean, like, like really irritated. <laughs> You know, and that might show up in, t or, or they're upset about whatever they're talking about. They're sad. They're crying. Tears are actively flowing. And I'm like, we got five minutes, right? I have another session or I have to go to a meeting and I know they have to go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? And I confess in my early days, I would panic. And then, you know, I just gradually learned over and over again, wherever they are, it's where they are. And quite frankly, the sessions where my clients have been pissed at me when we closed because mm -hmm. I provoked something or where they've been in tears and we closed anyway, I've never had one of those where the client quit. In fact, usually what happens is a couple days later, they'll write me this long email going, oh my God, this happened and this happened and blah, 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 blah. And I was really mad at you. And then I realized, no, you were just telling me my own shit. <laughs> ah! Or, uh, I mean, just the other day, I had a client in tears, and it was a very short session, and we had to go. And she wrote me later that just opening it up allowed her to process it, and, and she's great with it, and she's so glad that I provoked her. Which comes back to us trusting in our clients, that our clients are whole and resourceful so that if that we don't have to be attached to their hip for them right. to continue the work. The work is that's why we if we were only working, if our clients were only working, you know, two hours a month when they met with us and not working any yeah. other time, right. would that really be helping them move the dial the, the way that they want to right. move the dial. So all of this, we've talked, we talked a lot about effectively closing and partnering to close. But the other piece that you've sort of nibbled at and, and yet not really looked at as, as much, and I'd love for us to look at the laser coaching piece. If you've mm. got 15, 20, yeah. 30 minutes to coach with a client, there, that brings panic for some coaches. What are some things that we should think <laughs> about when we think about being lasered and focused in our okay. coaching. So just 30 seconds of context of uh, last year, or well, actually this past year, one of my themes was experiments. And one of the experiments that I launched was a laser coaching offer. I took, I took on three clients and said, you can have unlimited sessions for the entire year 
but they're all limited to 15 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the average client ended up having uh, 40 sessions with me over the course of the year, you know, between vacations and holidays Mm -hmm. and missed weeks Mm -hmm. and so on. So it was a lot more than usual. A typical client scheduling 45 or one hour sessions would have maybe 20 some, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot, but they were 15 minutes Mm -hmm. stretched to 20 sometimes. Here's what was fascinating. And I just debriefed with all three of my experimental clients. They all loved it. A couple of things. Number one, it focused all of us much more on just getting in, addressing what needed to be addressed and getting out. Number two, what they found was, and several clients said this, that very often they would show up to one hour session thinking, how am I going to fill this with my coach? Or they would have multiple issues and we kind of addressed several issues, which meant we were really having several mini sessions within a larger session. Mm-hmm. And then they would leave kind of muddled about what was really important. So when you're doing a laser session as a client, this is what the clients told me. Their experience was they would show up and have one thing. And they weren't making assessments in their head about, oh, is this important enough to fill an hour with my coach? Is this powerful enough? You know, I had a couple of clients who said, sometimes I showed up with really tiny things and I never would have brought them to a one-hour session. Oh, such interesting feedback. So A, they're thinking it through in advance. They know they've got 15 minutes of your laser time, so they better come prepared. Right. The other thing was that only having 15 minutes very much focused me on that construct we've been talking about. Because I know that within the first five minutes, we got to know where we're going. And as soon as it hits 10 or 11 after, I'm like, okay, so, you know, let's notice what's come up. And we're starting to move toward closure. Mm -hmm. And the, the rhythm that we got into as partners was very powerful. I say, trust the process all the time, Meg. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I had to very much live that in the laser coaching space because I'd be sitting there going, shit, 10 minutes. I'm, I'm not sure anything's happened here. But every time I would turn the corner on that diamond and go into closure, there was always something every single time. And you didn't, you didn't make yourself come up with that because that's not your job. You ask the client, so what's come up for you? And yeah. I just want people to hear that. Ask the, You are a partner. Ask yeah. your partner what's yeah. come up for you. Where yeah. are you going in this? Curiosity, what in the world led you to, let me experiment with offering three clients unlimited laser coaching for a year. Tell me a little bit about your thought process. Well. There were two things going on. One, one at the beginning of the year, I was in the middle of going through a certification process as a health and wellness coach. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting for my board exams this next February, in fact. And in that model, the whole, the whole process in the healthcare system is built around a 20-minute session. Mm-hmm. And it was forcing me to play with that. Now, health coaching is a little more prescriptive. It's, it's not quite pure coaching. But it was causing me to do that. And I was having a really good time. And I was finding the sessions are going well. And then right on top of that, a member of my mastermind group was just talking about, you know, some wild ass idea he'd heard about this guy who did, you know, unlimited coaching and for a flat rate for for an entire year with the idea they'd be laser sessions. We had no details. And he, I couldn't even find the website for this guy. But I loved the idea. So 
I simply did a half page write up and I put it out to the universe. I created a flat rate and I said, this is an experiment. I have no idea how it's going to work. Well, what was fascinating is that what happened was we had far more frequent sessions than I usually do. Obviously much tighter. All of my clients, all my all three of the clients said they made more progress during this one year of coaching with 15 minute sessions than they had in prior coaching experiences where, where they, they only were more talked twice a month mm-hmm. for longer periods. You know, it, and as we debriefed it all, we're like, yeah, you know, if you think about a one hour session, what is it? 10 minutes of how's the weather in Canada, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then at the end, it's about logistics. Well, we did know logistics. They had responsibility for scheduling in my calendar. We never touched on any of that in the sessions. We just essentially got into the meat of it. And because of the frequency, because it was more frequent, each time we weren't trying to create some big thing. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you going to work on for the next seven days? The well, and the other thing days, that you right? said that I really enjoyed and that I want everybody to hear is that your clients were were bringing issues that maybe they would have poo-pooed or put on the back burner or not created space for in their coaching that I bet were ended up being really movement for them. I mean, they they ended up being impactful for them that they brought up an issue that was maybe a non-issue, but wasn't a non-issue, if that makes sense. Well, and, and, and again, that was their feedback, right? right? I wasn't, I'm not making this up. This is what they offered. Two right. of three used that exact language that I brought whatever tiny thing was on my plate instead of thinking, oh, I have to reflect and come up with, you know, some big thing for the one hour with my coach. It's like, it's only 15 minutes. If it's big, we'll address it in 15 minutes. And if it's tiny, it's only 15 minutes. And sometimes unpacking the tiny things was actually more impactful than the big stuff they would sometimes bring. Wow. You know? So best practices, I want people listen to this. If you do an experiment, follow through like Jim did and get feedback from your clients. How did this experiment work for you? What are your takeaways from this? What did you enjoy? What needs to be different? That is the way you do an experiment. What other feedback did you get that was that was helpful to you to decide what you're going to do moving forward? Well, that that's a that's a really juicy question. I know. When when I turned it around and asked them, well, what would you change or improve if you were me and you were going to continue to offer this? So first of all, they all said I should raise my rate a little. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm doing that. I am going to continue it. And number two, it's interesting how over the course of the year. We had to move along, okay? Mm-hmm. And there were there were admittedly days when they scheduled sessions and I had I had a whole hour, even though they were only scheduled. And I know I was far more relaxed about holding the discipline of the time. Maybe there'd be a little more chatter or I gave them a little more time or whatever. All three of them said, you know, when the sessions went more than like 17 or 18 minutes, I felt guilty, Jim, because I was worried about your boundaries. I'm like, oh. That's fascinating. It is. And all these debriefs were last week. I actually had the opportunity this week to go back and ask a couple of my traditional clients, what happens for you when we go over? Because occasionally that happens. You know, what happens for you? They all said the same thing. It's just a paradigm that had never occurred to me because I'm always thinking, oh, I'm so generous with my time. I'm giving you additional space. It never occurred to me that the client on the other end is going, oh shit, I'm taking too much of my coach's time. Like, wow. So 
I am, for, I mean, I resolve from now on. If I've committed to you for an hour, mm-hmm. I'm going to really make sure we use that hour and then end. And if it's 15 minutes, I'm going to be much more rigorous around 15, 16, 17. You know, that's a rounding error. But 20, suddenly everybody's feeling bad. Okay, so let's not do that. Which brings me back to the diamond model. Again, remembering that part of our agreement with our client from the beginning is that there is a beginning, a middle, and there is an end. There's a, there's a limit we've declared on this meeting. We need to honor it because it's actually affecting the client too. Isn't that interesting? It's so good. Yeah. So, so speaking of beginning, middle, and end, we were going yes. to talk about effectively closing a session, laser coaching, and the, this wonderful diamond model that you have thought through based upon the work that you do, not only with your clients, but with your coaching mentees. Mm-hmm. What have we not talked about that we want to be sure that we include as we come to our convergence? <laughs> Let's see. I guess the, the last thing I have down here in my notes is just to constantly remind ourselves that anytime we, we have in our heads a story that the client isn't ready or the client isn't getting something, that we have to recognize that's just the story we're telling ourselves. They're adults, wherever they are, they're putting in half or more of the effort in this conversation. We always want to honor that and trust that, that they're getting what they need in today's conversation, you know? And, oh, I know. Uh, so good. Yeah. So thank you for bringing your expertise to us. Such a fun conversation and so valuable. So thank you so, so, so much. It's been my pleasure. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jim about the structure that we provide and respecting our client's time and the agreement that we set up and all the things that he's learned from his clients. It's just such good information. So thanks again to Jim Smith for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Jim, check out the links in our show notes at starcoachshow.com, episode 167. Jim and I also had a really great discussion around the lessons that he's learned in branding his business, in changing his brand at some point in his professional journey. That information is going to be available to the membership community. I do a launch twice a year and open up the membership community for new enrollment. So keep your eyes and ears open. That next opportunity is going to come up in late February of this year, and I'll be sure to keep you posted. We have so many outstanding guests lined up for this year. I'm super excited to bring their expertise to you. So be sure to come back each and every week to explore the different strategies, tools, and resources that we discuss for your success. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. The more rates and reviews we get, the more people find our show. If you have coach friends who don't know about the Star Coach Show, let them know about it. The whole purpose of doing this show is to let more and more coaches know about 
the secrets that and the special sauces that our guests have to help them in their success. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Come back next week and have a fantastic week this week. Bye-bye.